hey everybody and welcome to the companion podcast this is casey or i'm here with pastor karsten we're still going along and trying to kind of take a deeper dive and look at this series the great reset this is a heavy series yeah it's heavy in the implications it's heavy in the content Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's fascinating i was looking around on sunday both services and and you can tell that people are are really dialed in i mean because it's fascinating how will this all work out and we feel like we're riding that wave like you feel like you're on the wave of things are getting worse things are getting more confusing the enemy seems to be winning. So I think a yep. lot of people are like, okay, Gillen, like tell us what's going on because we feel that wave. Yeah, but it, but it's okay. And we saw one of the reasons we saw why is we saw almost 30 people get baptized this weekend. A lot of oh, them man. young people. And, and he was even, he kind of made a light or a comment uh, on the 11 o'clock. He said, you know, even if you, you know, even if you're here and you're not signed up and you didn't wear clothes for baptism, come on up. Like mm-hmm. you might leave, you might get a cold. He's like, my worst might happen, but you'll be baptized. You'll be saved. And so, um, but that's neither here nor there. The point was yeah. that it is that in his dispensational um, view of that end times, that es- es- the big, the big scrabble word is eschatology right. view of the end times is that when all that stuff happened, like if you take, if we take care of our salvation and make sure we have that life and faith, um, in Christ and stuff like that, we won't see that. The last thing we'll see is Jesus coming down to get us, and then the the rest of the world will really be viewing this, and that's the hope part of it. Right is but being able to recognize what's going on in the world around us, and that's the big thing we've been talking about here is how do we take those things we're talking about the beast, we're talking about the mark, we're talking about all these things to watch, we're talking about technologies right now and implications and ways those might be used uh, in that thing and what we should be aware of. And like we said last week, the big point is thinking about the fact that this stuff is coming, that he is, that Christ is coming back, and our mandate is to be ready, is to be dressed and have the lights on for when the master comes back. And so what we've been doing is taking a look at what he's saying and not necessarily, we, you know, we encourage you guys to go and to look into this and look in Revelation. There's all kinds of books and sites and places to look into it. Are you an amillennialist? Are you a post-millennialist? Are you dispensational or historical? Anyway. Sure. Pre-trip, post-trip. Like Gail was talking about, he believes we're going to be taken before yeah. uh, the three years building up into the one world power. Yeah. And then those last three and a half are terrible. There's all sorts of variations. Yeah. Based on the interpretation. So, so there's lots of things to look into, and we would encourage you to do that. Yeah. In this one, we're not going to go as much into all of those things because that no. is that is a months-long dive. So what we're doing to, today and, and throughout this podcast uh, for this series is really trying to take those applications, and it comes back, and he said it verbatim this week, yeah. is that stewardship is what are you doing with what you have right now mm-hmm. based on this knowledge. And yes. so one of the things, the first thing that I thought of was he talked about Devil's, the devil is messing with you. Like that dragon is trying to tell you something that is an untruth. Um, they had a, a really good uh, a point a while ago on a previous podcast was he likes to do two truths and a lie. Or he will, he, or he will right. compare something. This is true about you. And then he'll add something else that's untrue that makes you feel bad about yourself about something. Um, and, and Satan did that in the temptation of Jesus in the desert, yeah. right? He's like, if you're God, turn these stones yeah. into bread. If you're God, throw yourself from the the, mount, uh, the, the mountain and, and he'll save you. Yeah. Um, and so all of it was like kind of true. And then mm-hmm. Jesus brought the truth. Yeah. So did you have an example? Give us an example of when, when Casey Orr was tricked. Oh, man. Well, when I was uh, younger and I and I really wanted to 
uh, to feel free of things. I tricked myself with a lot of things. I was, I, I had a lot of things uh, presented to me in the end of high school when I started moving away from the church and just the, just the right things at the right time to where I said, oh, well, that's interesting. Maybe that's really what God is supposed to be like, which means that I can pull away from Scripture and then something else. Oh, here's this philosopher they learned about. And I didn't have a strong group of people around me to say, well, no, and here's, here's, here's the counterpoint to that. And so I slowly talked myself out of going to church because I thought like, oh, well, here's all these other things that I didn't know about before, and now that I know that. It's a classic 19, 20-year-old person thing. Right. That that got me, and that pushed me, pulled me out of the church for a long time, partially because I did not surround myself with friends who were steeped in the Word and could say, no, that's baloney, and here's why. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. one of the things now that I, I'm really happy to be surrounded by people like that. So when I have a question, I have like at least several people like, and I work, I love working here because I can ask like anyone I work with, like, hey, what you've seen this passage? Um, but that was one of my big ones, and, and, and it worked, though. It worked, and I did it partially myself. I'm sure the enemy was part of it, yeah. um, and then God used it for the good because, you know, when I came back, it came back, like, stronger and more and more convicted of his, of his grace and the power of his mercy because I saw what life without God was like. Mm. Mine is not as spiritual and, and, and <laughs> awesome as yours, uh, but if anyone that's listening uh, was born in the early 90s, or earlier, mm-hmm. right? So early 90s or earlier, you remember the turn of the century, and there was a lot of concern about, about Y2K. Y2K. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we got extra gas. There was extra groceries. People thought all computers were going to crash, yeah. our infrastructure, the ability to get food and go places and schools. And so we stayed up. I mean, we stayed up until 1201 at the turn from 1999 to the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. <laughs> so I'll tell you where I I was with I was on a band trip. Okay, in Pasadena, California, with okay. five hundred other members of the Wyoming All State Marching Band to there march in go. the to, in, in the January first two thousand Rose Bowl parade, That's and awesome. we we're all ready. We we're like we we're gonna have to we we're gonna turn this embassy suites into like a fortress when everything goes south because <laughs> we had we were like ready, but also like we've got nothing. We're you know, we're a thousand miles away from our families. So you, you were marching band preppers marching. Band, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was a drummer, so I had sticks at least yeah, and big drums. Too. Yeah. Big drums. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, but everyone, a lot of people were, were full. My mom oh, yeah. had like a pallet, had like not a pallet of water. She had like one case of water and like two cases of like chili or something like that. And that was her yeah. preparation. Nice. And nice. so, but yeah, a lot of people were fooled by that. And that was a combination of a small thing that was a technical possibility that someone saw and then enough people blew mm. it up and disproportionalized it and enough people, you know, were willing yeah. to be panicked, afraid well, about it. And a co- and, and something to point out here too is, is, is uh, cases with more serious mind was more light, but at the time people were really, really oh, worried they were about scared. it. But let's yeah. think about even in just religion, there's a lot of danger mm-hmm. to misinterpreting scripture, misinterpreting prophecy. We have seen people killed. Um, is it Jim Jones that, that mm, took those people? They yeah. drink the, the phrase don't drink the, the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid is from- came from that dude murdering like a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that stuff was based on misinterpreting the Bible and what was coming. And he was their spiritual leader and he somehow, you know, knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And so there's a lot of bad stories. Like you got to be really careful. And I love, I love what you said. It's like surrounding yourself with godly counsel, people that know the scripture mm-hmm. and having the temperance to say, um, we might not 
I mean, I love that. I love that about Galen. Yeah. He'll say, he's like, look at there's, there's, there's a variety of interpretation. Yeah. Here. Like I love, and I, I believe hundred percent with him is like, we got to take scripture. Literally. Mm-hmm. He talked about a hundred and was 109 verses about Jesus where there was a hundred, there were 333, which is an interesting yeah, number. 333 pro- prophecies, prophecies and 109 of them were fulfilled in Jesus, which leaves my wife did the math 224 yet to be fulfilled. Right. And those 109 were specific. So Galen's saying like, if those were specific, we think the future prophecies yeah. are specific, but man, have people gone astray with some of this stuff? So it's like, Hey, be careful. Well, Casey, the next thing we want to jump into uh, processing again, it's been so fun to have conversations with the church about like, you know, what, how do you guys experience these messages? Uh, what do you feel like is the take home, the application? That's yeah. a big thing for the companion podcast is application. So what, why does it matter? How do I yeah. live like Christ? Um, how do I live like Christ wants me to live? Because yeah. Christ talked a lot about his, his next coming. And so like, this is a big deal being a Christian. Um, so I want to talk next about fighting back evil. Yeah. Galen said in the church age with the Holy spirit being available for everyone that believes. So the prevalence, um, the pervasiveness of the Holy spirit on earth right now, it's thick and it's holding back evil, but there's also this divine dance, so to speak between Mm. our own human choice, our volition and the power of the spirit. And so Galen was saying, he's like, guys, you need to be that that agency to yeah. fight back evil, to say this is God's worth, this is truth, this is safety, this is what God's intention is for us, and we're his kids, and he's a loving God. And so to, to continue to either push that or hold it at bay if you've got a, a yep. space that is good. And just I want to tell a story real quick, and then I'd love your thoughts. One of my kids this year at their school, there was there was some bullying, there was some stuff which is consistent. It was hard, and 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 one of my kids, they, they didn't want to make waves. You know, as soon as you step out, as soon yeah. as you say this is wrong, you become the agent of yeah. that. You was that saying? Don't kill the messenger, yeah. right? I've, I've got the message, when but you, don't kill the messenger. And you draw their attention when the bully needs someone who to focus their attention on. When you step forward, you yes. take and part of that is the bravery of taking the attention away from that person. That's right, and you have to be willing to be the focus, the new focus. Amen. It's and hard. so, and so we it's had hard. to have those conversations to help them be prepared. Mm-hmm. It could go this way. It could go that way. And for our listeners, as, as they're fighting back evil, yeah. as they're, as they're trying to protect or push back evil with truth, you, you got to just know like you're going to come under fire. Yep. People will not like it. They'll say mean things. They'll make you feel uncomfortable, but you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. God sees you and he's proud of you. That was our message to our kid and like, praise God. Uh, they went into their classroom and they did what we had talked about and they made their classroom safer and more God honoring. They pushed back some evil and it was like, man, that's so yeah. cool. Like, and if, and if, uh, and all of us have done it, I'm sure to some level, but as we get older, we can tend to become more safe and maybe more fearful. And so that was a good message. what do you think yeah. on that? I think that um, I think that that's powerful because it is that's a struggle that we all have. There's even even so much as we'd go back to Facebook. Like when I came back to church, it was a while before I even felt brave enough to post scripture. Oh right, or even Facebook. just like a you know the U version like thing of the verse of the day and post yeah. share that share that to Facebook because I'm like man, some people are going to unfriend me. Mm-hmm. Like just that that feeling of being that self consciousness and being worried about other people. Uh, losing relationships because of that. But that's the thing is Jesus, Jesus said that will happen. If you love and follow me, there will people who um, disdain you. There will be people who persecute you and to be persecuted for righteousness sake 
Like that's the people it who are going to get to see the being, kingdom of heaven. Is being blessed. Yeah. And you're right. Like Jesus went through everything he's asking you to go through. And at the same time, because of truth and a love for God, mm -hmm. Jesus had those 12 disciples. Yeah. And all the women that were so close to him, he had quality, deep, amazing relationships. Yeah. And at the same time, he was hurt by tons of people. Well, and he gives us um, he gives us solutions, and then later on in the in the um, epistles, Paul gives us uh, um, weapons too. Is he talks about when he talks about turning the other cheek? That's the ability to have someone who is coming at you with uh, vitriol or hatred because you say something that is the truth. And he said, you know, turn the other cheek, Luke. Yeah. Like, keep keep it coming. I got the grace and love for you, man. Mm. I have I have it all inside me. The Holy Spirit is like just stronger than any of the stuff that you can spit at me. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send love back at you until and wear you down. And one, one thing I would just like to say to our listeners: if if God is moving right now, you're thinking about a person, mm -hmm. you're thinking about yeah. a situation, or maybe it's just a, a space that you've been entering into that you're like, ah, this is not a holy space. This is more of an evil space. Maybe I need to remove myself. Yeah. Uh, whatever it might be, you got some things that are rolling in your head. Um, just remember that like this is usually not a off the cuff thing. No. Just like with my my kid, we had to have a conversation. What are all the different things that could be said? How could it go in all these different directions? So just yeah. to be prepared for our listeners to think, all right, if I'm going to stand up for truth, think about all the things that could happen or be said. That way you're prepared. Even if it goes bad, you're still at peace with like I saw this coming and I'm going to love this person like Jesus. I'm not going to strike them on the other cheek. Yeah. I'm ready to take as many beatings as it takes. I'm going to stand up. And in a lot of ways, it's a pacifist stand. It's yeah. like, I don't want to fight you, but I'm not going to back down. But it's an, act, it's an activist. It's an active passive, yes. though. It's I am not going to be offensive in my actions. I'm not going to swing a sword at you, but mm -hmm. I am going to stand my ground. I'm not going to back down. And so, Carson, we're... Running out of time, we got to start to land the plane here. What is like if you had like one like big final charge, um, like the thing that all of this is making you think of that you want to share with the the listeners? What would that be if if they're going out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I I had this uh, someone really close to me shared this experience where they were just they were just battling right. Just there's a hard time of their life, and through prayer and getting into a very very quiet space, they might have even been by like a river or a creek. They felt like God uh, imparted to them this message. Uh, baby girl, just keep your eyes on me. Like, keep your eyes on me. This is, this is, they felt like God was saying this to them. It was like, baby girl, just keep your eyes on me. Run as hard as you can towards heaven mm -hmm. and take as many people with you as you can. Oh, oh man. And so Galen oh, talked man. about stewardship. It's like, why does all this matter? Because like it's coming, whatever it looks like, like Jesus's second coming and the tribulation and what all that stuff is coming. We feel like we are in the last days. We're running out of time. And so I just had that, that memory of like, man, baby girl or son, it's just like, keep your eyes on me, yep. focus on the main thing run hard towards heaven and take as many people with you as you can finish that race. Well, yes, yeah. yeah. And wh whether, whether that's you're finishing that just in your lifetime or whenever that, or whenever that is, yeah, that's beautiful. That reminds me of, uh, the character Christian in Pilgrim's Pros uh, progress when yeah. he's surrounded by those people who are starting to fall off and he covers his ears and sprints forward yelling eternal life, eternal life, yeah, eternal life. Yeah. He's that's the thing he's chasing. That's what Paul tells us. Yeah. Uh, you know, that made me think of, uh, I just keep thinking of when I'm thinking of that, and especially when, uh, when you're thinking of other people, I keep going back to something you said earlier mm -hmm. is that everybody out there, when we were talking, 
Like I'm willing to bet most of you had a little twinge inside and you saw a picture of a person or you thought of a, a situation in your life right now or even right. a struggle or someone that's hurting, something that's going on in your life that is that thing that you're like, man, I don't know how to stand up to that or I don't know how to, how to talk to that person or whatever. I'm going to challenge you to whenever you get a second, if you're driving, don't do it yet, but... <laughs> But, you know, write that down, like take out a piece of paper to put a, a post-it note on your, right. uh, on your mirror or something like that, but write down that person, place or thing that is, that is there. And then, then keep an eye on it and prayer, pray about it and meditate about it and keep that armor of God on when you're, when you're dealing that situation and, and just see in a couple days or weeks or months or, or maybe years that might become a testimony. You might look back and say, and say to that person, yeah. hey, you know, I prayed about you. Could you imagine showing yeah. them that piece of paper? Like, look, it has a date on it. Like, yeah. on this day, I wrote your name down. And I, and I said, I'm going to pray about this person or this situation. And just because that really sets us up to see when God lurks later, because otherwise it's easy, to, it's easy to forget about it. That is so powerful. Because think about baptisms. Mm. This Sunday, we had little ones, and grandparents were praying for those little ones. And we had older generation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they're getting baptized after 30 years of, you know, whatever, like, you know, trial. Or someone said, like, after 30 years of faith, I just realized I haven't been baptized. But how much prayer is going both both ways? And and it was... It was seen, it was actualized as they professed their faith to the congregation mm-hmm. and, and walking in obedience. Yep. I love I love kind of picturing in my head like if the if there's a big if there's a huge pool of water or an ocean of water is the big sea church. Every time I see that I feel like a little drop like it's at and that and that tide rises a little farther. Right. I, just, yeah. I just love that. I love that feeling, I love that image. So so everyone, as you guys go forward, um, just try to take that out into the world, wear that armor of a God. And be thinking about that stewardship. How are you take? How are you taking care of your time and your resources and all those things as we still march forward in time towards that eventual end, well, where God will make all things right? Yeah. What are you doing with that? Let's make a difference this week. Yeah, make a difference this week. We'll see you guys later.